0: And we're live. Welcome everybody to the Anthony Irwin Show live edition here on Twitter Spaces for Silver Screen and Roll. I am Anthony Irwin. In a second, going to be joined by Aaron Larsoul. I'll go ahead and add him now and uh, and 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 get this thing going. I guess the theme of today's show is is fairly straightforward. Uh, I don't have anything really to whine about. I don't really know what to do with my hands. I'm just kind of sitting here in my office looking around. Should I complain about the weather? It's really hot outside. It's got a haircut and it looks good. So can't even complain about that. Um, Aaron, I'm going to need you to help me out here.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you other than I have concerns when you are not complaining. <laughs> when you are not like outside yelling at people to get off your lawn and yelling at the at the sun or the moon or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't. I can't help yeah. you, but I have concerns.
0: Well, I, I here's my main concern. Every time I have, I have, I have said that I don't have any real complaints. uh something really bad happens with the Lakers. Something. Um. So we need to find something. Is is going? I think that's that's the basis of today's show. We need to find something for me to whine about. <laughs> Look, so that. Yeah, like we, I have, I have a duty to the fan base of the Los Angeles Lakers to find something to whine about, or something really, really bad is going to happen. So um, by the end of the show, maybe we'll come up with something. Um, I do, I do. There are obviously some things that we can talk about here. Darvin Ham gave his introductory press conference. I was very impressed. Um, Russell Westbrook uh, showed up, and and and. Um, so did Austin Reeves and Wendy and Gabriel. Um, and, and I thought, uh, the way it was all handled was, was, um, really productive and really interesting to me. We got reports about an hour or so ago, maybe a couple hours ago that the Lakers are going to be, uh, letting go of David Fisdale, Mike Penworthy, John Lucas, the third and retaining Phil Handy. So, uh, I think all of those seem like good decisions. Um, Aaron, I wanted to start here, though, because I thought the... So everybody seemed pretty focused on the Russell Westbrook quotes as they pertain to, like, whether or not the Lakers are going to bring him back. Um, there was a lot of, like, ooh, look at the way that Darvin Ham is talking about Russell Westbrook. That means that the Lakers are really ready to bring Russ back. I don't really know what else the Lakers could have said there as it pertains to, to Russ, but what I found the most interesting when it comes to Darvin Ham and his comments about Russ, was he was very direct in that press conference with Russell Westbrook standing feet away that, yeah, that dude over there, he needs to play defense this year. Like, I, I, thought, that was, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really productive. And I thought it was very indicative of the way that Darvin Ham is going to do things this year. And, and especially in direct comparison with Frank, who was more of the subtweet type.
1: Yeah. So this is one of those things that you never really know until you know, Um, but all indications are positive on that front thus far. So will it work? Will we see it if Russ is around? Who knows? But to your point, it is like it is it has gotten off to as good of a start as you could hope for. Right. If you want to hear something, maybe they're platitudes. Maybe he means it. Maybe he doesn't. But they're really good things to hear. And I think it speaks to at least attempting to create a culture of accountability and buy-in and all of those things and a focus on defense. Every coach says that, but it feels like he means it. And it, and that is the only way we're going to even possibly see it. So I, I agree. I don't think there's much to, to, uh, to, to complain about, to whine about for you. It feels good, it feels right. Will it actually translate on the court? Hopefully. We don't know yet, and we'll have to see. But I think this is off to about as good of a start as you could hope. And it feels like there actually is going to be some accountability.
0: Yeah, so like the the theme yesterday was a lot of sacrifice stuff and Ru- russ like reportedly said a lot of the same things in his meetings with LeBron and AD heading into last season. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily putting a ton of weight into that. I guess the way that I would kind of frame it, and this might be the, the Homer in me kind of hoping for this, was, okay, this is what we have to say now while Russ is in the organization. And if Darwin is going to coach Russ, here's a direct challenge. Again, like the wild part to me was Russ was standing right there. Like he was getting at he, – he was, he was standing right there as people were asking about him Russ is obviously aware of how poorly last season went. So I found it really interesting that as Russ is standing right there, you know, Darvin, look, he had nice things to say about him. He said he thought that Russ still has a lot left in the in tank. Um, he still thinks Russ is an incredible player. And and yeah, he like pumped him up a little bit too. But but I thought what was super interesting was right off the bat, the very first thing that we hear in this relationship between Darvin and Russ is... This, this notion of accountability in ways that if we're to believe reports where last year if, the, if in film sessions somebody pointed out, hey, Russ, you had to rotate over to that guy, Russ was in the back basically <laughs> saying, either either holding up his actual resume or, or, or doing something along those lines where it's like, you, you guys don't get to tell me what to do here. Um, I, 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 I just think that if Darvin is going to coach Russ – there's a certain way that he's going to have to do it um, that he is comfortable with and that is still productive with Russ. And, you know, all while that is said, it, 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 the hope is that he doesn't have to coach Russ. So like, so it, it, it was just, it was this funny kind of juxtaposition of, all right, we're going to read super with with a fine-tuned comb. We're going to go over all of these quotes and we're going to try to read between the lines as far as what they might be saying about this guy um, that might indicate that they are going to do what we all hope that they do, right, is, is eventually move Russ anyway. But if Darvin is going to be successful with Russ, it seems like it's going to take a lot more uh, – it, 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 it can't be a passive approach. Like if, if Darvin is going to be successful with Russ, it's going to have to be an in, in-your-face challenge you to be a better version of yourself in ways that, you know, it didn't seem like Frank was all that was either unsuccessful with last year or interested in going about it in that way.
1: So there's a lot here. Yes. I mean, you're right. That whatever Lakers plans are with Russ, and it's probably, I'm not going to like, I can't give away too much there, but whatever the, the Lakers plans are with Russ, it makes sense to say what was said yesterday, right? You have to like, and you mentioned it earlier, like what are the Lakers supposed to say? What is Darvin Hemp supposed to say? So that is one part of it. If Russ is back though, yes, he to get the best version of a Lakers team with Russ on it, you are going to need Russ to do things he has never done before and hold him accountable in ways that he either hasn't been held accountable to before or has been held accountable and didn't care because whoever was tr- holding him accountable did not have the respect, the gravitas, et cetera. And I think uh, what you're seeing and one of the reasons why a coach with uh, previous playing experience in the NBA can really matter. Um, and look, there's a human nature part of it. Also, uh, Darvin Ham is black. Darvin Ham is big so former player like, He's a former player so all of those things are going to even though as a player he was nowhere near the level of Russell Westbrook of course not. or yeah. AD or LeBron like we're seeing it in the finals right like we're seeing it with Ime Udoka Ime Udoka was a journeyman but
0: yeah. 3D he D can winning. Ha-
1: he can have re- he can command respect and and frankly look they're all humans right so part of it is he can command respect because he played at a level that they played at. But frankly, also part of it is because he is physically imposing and just, a, and it's the psychology of human beings are, I can't push that person around. I can't punk that person. Um, when guys that players are making five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 times as much as their coach, right? There is going to be, it's human nature. You're going to see yourself as more powerful than that person. however, if that person is is physically imposing and played the game, there's going to be a level of respect that is built into that, that can be that it can be helpful. And you may be able to get through to guys in ways that nobody else has before. Like, Like Dallas is whatever we think of Jason Kidd as a, as a coach, as a defensive coach, he'd had some very weird schemes before in, in Milwaukee specifically. And then, and also Brooklyn, but Basically, with the same personnel, Jason Kidd was able to get Dallas to guard, and they never had before. They were always terrible defensively. Why is that? Is it because he is some exceptional defensive coach? I doubt it. I think it is more likely because his voice was able to hold people accountable and carry more weight. So I think that is – if there is a way to get Russ to do things he has never done before, I think Darvin Ham – and and frankly, the staff that that we're hearing a little bit about being established, possibly, probably, maybe, is about as good as you're going to get in that regard. Is it going to work? We'll have to see. But I think there is reason for optimism about that, where maybe there hasn't been before.
0: So, I'm I'm a big proponent of the notion that without change, progress is impossible. Right, and you know the 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 other cliche is is. The definition of insanity is banging your head up against the wall and, and, and hoping for a different outcome, you know? Yeah. So, like, if... So, basically, what I've been looking for in in trying to find, like, a better version of Russ, if he is going to return to the Lakers next year, or like, are, are noticeable and notable changes in the culture of the team this year compared to last year. And obviously you have to fire Frank if that's going to be something that you're shooting for. But I think just as important as firing Frank uh, and, and, and going in a different direction with the coach that you bring in as it pertains to Frank is I think Darvin Ham, I was going over Russ's career and I think this even dates back to uh, UCLA. Darvin Ham will be the first former NBA player that Russ has been coached by. And, uh, cause you can go back. It was Ben Howland. I, so I have the list here in front of me. So Ben Howland at UCLA, right? That was the, the and then, and then Scott Brooks at, uh, at OKC, not a former head coach or not a former player. Yeah. And then he goes to Houston. and He plays for Mike D'Antoni. Who D'Antoni I don't...
1: did D'Antoni did play in the NBA. That that was the one I was wondering about. D'Antoni did play.
0: Okay. All right. So so all right. So this actually kind of sort of helps in in a, in a weird way. Um, and then he goes back to and then he goes to Washington and plays for Scott Brooks again. Okay. Um. And and Mike D'Antoni was I thought like the best version that we've had of Russ over the last few years was actually in Houston with Mike D'Antoni. Some of that had to do with the the the, the spacing. And and the system that they ran there, putting Russ in the dunker spot and allowing him to just be the best athlete on the court, basically. Um, and 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 then you know on top of that, I think because of both the the offensive freedom that Russ had there, I think it it kind of got him to care more on defense than he had in in say the year or so before that, years before that. Um, then you know obviously goes to Washington was fairly okay for most of the year. And then Washington ran into some injuries and Russ was allowed to just kind of, you know, the, 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 cliche is always let Russ be Russ. Um, and then, you know, Frank, uh, you know, obviously there was some disagreement on how best to implement Russ between, um, Frank and, and Russ and, and those two camps, the coaching staff and, and, and the people who believed in, in Russ last year, and I think here with Darvin, as as we've seen, and I don't think D'Antoni, being a former player, um, he's looked at in the same way because, like you mentioned, like he's a white dude, right? And and I think I think it it really matters for yes, he's players. A, he's
1: a six three white dude. Yes. Yeah, and and and, and, I, and I think, he's and he's an old guy.
0: And he like when he played in the NBA, like that. I think that happened what in the eighties.
1: Seventy, Yeah, he, I think he was drafted in... I want to say he was drafted in, like, 73.
0: Yeah, so you can't exactly go to YouTube and find too many Mike D'Antoni highlights. Not to say that there's a bunch of Darvin Ham highlights, although there is one of him... Oh, break, no, there sure, damn the sure backboard. are. Yeah, yeah, I was going to...
1: I, was gonna, I <laughs> think he's the only coach the in NBA history that has broken a backboard.
0: Until Shaq takes over, yeah. Um, and so, but I, I think... My my basic point here is that culturally speaking, you don't, you
1: don't think you don't think uh, Bryant Reeves, you don't think big countries getting a, a, a head job anytime <laughs> soon.
0: I'm not positive he's with
1: us though. I
0: don't know. Oh, is he that's not? All, sorry. I think I, that's if awkward. Not, then,
1: yeah, if not, then um,
0: <laughs> but, that's not good. But I think uh, I I might be thinking a tractor trailer. Reeves might still be with us. I don't know.
1: Tractor um, Robert Robert tra- tractor trailer is is definitely not, not. Yeah. You know.
0: Anyway, <laughs> awkward segue back to the, <laughs> but but I think here with 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 Darwin, it does show me there is some kind of foundational change that might inspire the progress that we're looking for here. This is a different kind of voice, literally different voice, right? Frank had more of like a a higher pitched, upbeat, like hey, how's it going, everybody, and then Darwin Ham, obviously, more baritone, more direct. Um, I think that's going to really it, it be important here, and then, and I think, you know, it's it, it does matter a lot more. You mentioned Jason Kidd, you mentioned Ime Udoka early on in both of their seasons. Jason Kidd had a quote about Luka Doncic that really struck me as is wow, you don't hear that much from coaches when he said Luka has to stop whining so much to the referees and get back on defense. That was a really kind of big holy crap moment. Let's see how this turns out. And then Ime Udoka was was early on in the season really challenging his team in ways that we haven't heard from in coaches in recent years. And and I think in both of those cases, the 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 source of that message matters as much, if not more, than the message itself. In that, yeah, Udoka, I think he he won a championship. He's a championship level player, um, played for the Spurs and and uh was was a key part of of that franchise on the court not to the level of uh not to the level of obviously manu or parker or duncan or anything like that but he had to guard kobe in some big moments and and um was it was a a, a just the kind of player that i could see why guys would really respect when he says no this is how this is going to go this is how i'm going to tell it to you and if we're going to be successful here you're going to have to accept not just the message but the way that I'm sending that message across to you, and I thought yesterday was a really cool kind of look into how I think Darwin is going to uh, be given or 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 feel confident enough to challenge Russ in ways that I don't think Frank ever felt confident enough, or even you know Scott Brooks uh, felt confident enough to challenge Russ while those guys worked with Russ in the times that they in the in the years that they did.
1: Well, and even, and even if they did feel confident in doing that, like communication is based on the recipient. Yeah. Um, and so you can be saying all the right things, but if, it, if your message is not getting through, this is in life and basketball, but if, if it is not getting received in the way that it needs to be, then you need to change it up. So Frank may have felt confident in doing it, but it obviously wasn't being received in ways that were effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that oftentimes you will see uh, teams that will overcorrect when they hire a new coach. That will go from, if somebody has an offensive reputation or a reputation as a player's coach, they will overcorrect and go to disciplinarian or go to defensive coach. It happens all the time.
0: Like the Lakers going from
1: Mike D'Antoni to Byron Scott. That is it that is a that is a fair example yes <laughs> um but what I I think is important getting back to that last point is that like it is it's different from Dan Tony right because he is and, and look like the 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 societal parts of this matter too and those are absolutely cold, mm-hmm. right like People tend to be more comfortable with people that look like them and have had shared experience, or we yep. think have had shared, shared experience. Um, and so, even though Mike Dantoni played in the NBA, he's an old white dude. And yeah. like, like, Russ. With a Southern Russ, accent on top. Russ didn't, Russ didn't like grow up watching that. Like, Russ has seen, even though Darvin Ham was not like, Russ knows who Darvin Ham is as a player. Right, like the guys for the, the Celtics, Jason Tatum, and all those guys, they know Ime Udoka his playing career, even though he wasn't the guy. Right, everybody in Dallas knows Jason Kidd's playing career. So it's there is a difference in in uh, look. Frankly, the the color part matters and the age part matters. Like, of course, everybody knows that Pat Riley was a, a coach and can probably get you know great things out of it, but. Like LeBron didn't grow up when he LeBron was in Miami. LeBron didn't grow up watching Pat Riley as a player. So I think the age part of it and the fact that Darvin Ham's coaching or excuse me, playing career is recent enough so that these guys are aware of it. I think that part matters too in ways that you can hold like like Dan Tony played in a different NBA. Darvin Ham played in a different NBA too, but it's close enough that these dudes know of Darvin Ham, right? He was, th- they're the highlights of him versus Kobe in a dunk contest matter. All of that stuff yeah. is, is it going to work? I don't know. But it is going to give the best chance to be able to hold people accountable. Plus, as you mentioned, it's a change. Like it's it's just different. Yes. Yeah. Like and it, sometimes it, I, it's, when it's I when, when I was in, when I was in when I was in in Portland, I was in Portland for I worked for the Blazers for a while. And uh, Nate McMillan got fired. And the reason Nate McMillan got fired, he got fired in midseason. The reason is because he just stopped being able to get through to the guys. It didn't mean they didn't like him. They did just eventually every voice wears out if, over and over and over having to listen to the same voice. If it's the same group of guys, eventually they're going to tune anybody out. And so the fact that it just is a different voice and that voice has the ability and has the credibility because they played because he's black, because he's younger, all of that stuff matters. Now look, he and Frank are like the same age, but combine the other parts of it, I think just the fact that it's a new voice gives this a really good opportunity to be successful in that regard. Will it work? I don't know. But I think it is giving the Lakers have given themselves the best opportunity for it to work, assuming Russ is back.
0: Yeah, the other part of of, uh, Ham's presser that I really liked, and in a second we'll talk about Phil Handy because I have some questions about some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, if you're allowed to go into some of that. But I... um, (laughs)
1: But I, I let me let me go let me go grab a Hennessy right quick. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a good call. Yeah. So
0: the 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 other thing that I noticed here. So there was obviously Ham said that AD is the key and that they're going to do the four the 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 one in four out type of of offense or system um, that would indicate to me that AD is going to be playing almost like like basically only center uh, if if that's going to work. Um, the other thing that, that I noticed, though, and enjoyed the most, uh, the, the answer of his that I enjoyed the most, honestly, was when he was asked about LeBron and the similarities between coaching LeBron versus coaching uh, Giannis or, or, or being there as Giannis was getting coached. And he gave an answer that I've, I didn't realize how much I was looking for, like how excited this answer would make me until I actually heard it out loud but he was he was saying basically like, yeah, when, when we have Giannis there, it's the system's responsibility to open up the game for Giannis. It's not on any one player. Sure, they have Drew Holiday, who I, I think is like my favorite um, modern point guard in terms of like what you need from a point guard when you have wings like LeBron and Giannis and, and, and KD and Kawhi and so on and so forth. Um, but but f- like what he basically was saying was – it's the machine's responsibility to open up lanes and provide spacing and make the game as easy on Giannis as they can possibly make it. And, I, and one of the, one of the uh, kind of sources of frustration for both you and me over the last couple of years here is that the Lakers have looked at that as, a, as an acquisitions responsibility. First, it was Dennis Schroeder that they saw. It's like, all right, we're bringing him in. And he's going to provide some creativity that would make the game easier for LeBron. Now, w- will they fit when they're on the court together? Well, that matters less. Let's just make the game as easy as we can for LeBron over the course of the season. And then after that, they doubled down on that on that approach, and they brought in Russ. And the and again with the thinking that, all right, when Russ is on the court, or especially when LeBron is off of the court, we won't lose a step in the way that we did. Um, when, when, uh, in, in prior years, when LeBron would sit because Russ could handle the offense and Russ can kind of be the engine for those short stretches when LeBron is off of the court. And, and the problem again, though, even, even more so with Russ than with Schroeder was, well, what's it going to look like when those guys are out there together? And, and I thought Ham basically saying that, no, it's the system it's the culture's responsibility to open up the game open up the the court literally so that a, lebron can have more room to operate and make him a more effective uh, version of himself that gets to to work on a court that's easier he's not driving through three or four players to get to the rim maybe you turn those three or four players into one or two that he has to get through en route to the rim so i thought i thought that was a fascinating look into how damn uh, my boy Ham looks at the uh, game, but on uh, on even more so also with Palinka sitting right there next to him, it's like all right, but this is also going to require the proper personnel to make that work as well. Did you notice those the, the, the combination of those two things from that answer?
1: I did, um, and let's let's go back to the first thing you said there about AD. Um, I think part of it is him. Some people, right, and LeBron is a master of this. LeBron is a master of sometimes he's sometimes he's subtweeting teammates. Um, but LeBron is a master of knowing which people respond to what, which teammates respond to what. Mm-hmm. Some people respond to the carrot. Some people respond to the stick, right? You know, the whole thing with, with Kevin Love, you know, don't try to fit out and fit in, all of that. I,
0: I'm of team carrot. I'm, I'm very much team carrot.
1: And I think that what he was, what, Ham was what coach was doing there as it relates to ad is you know what you're going to get from lebron and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from ad um and when ad is engaged and playing well and doing ad things he's one of the best five guys in the world you just don't know that you're going to get that all the time and so i think much like russ He is doing that to say, all right, I'm going to hold, I got to hold, somebody has to hold this dude's feet to the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, As it relates to the four out system. Yes. Like I do think that is indicative of AD playing more center. However, I don't think it is. That is necessarily the answer. That would be my answer, but it could also be, yes, he's going to play a bunch of center. But if he's not playing center, whoever is this playing is the center before kind of he's playing, whoever and whoever is playing center has to be more of a shooter, ball mover, Mark Gasol type, you know, like archetype. Mm-hmm. What we what we all hoped Mark Gasol was going to be somebody that can shoot it, somebody that can space the floor, somebody that can move the ball. You can have centers that play out, right? You can have yeah. You can have one guy playing in; it could still be a D. He could be at the four in a four out system. Um, but I, and I agree with you that, that, yes, I agree with you that it was very interesting that it is the, it is kind of a reversal. It was the, it has been the, like, LeBron is the sun and all worlds orbit LeBron. And because LeBron is so damn good, we can, we can, um, Make allowances in roster building because we know LeBron can handle it. The same thing with, like, like you said, with Giannis, but that can make, we saw it in the Boston series with Giannis. Like, Giannis still got his buck, it still was incredible, but the game mm-hmm. was so damn hard for him. Yep. That, and, and that has been the case some for LeBron too, right? Like, LeBron was playing center, and LeBron is going to have to score 40 a night for the Lakers to have a chance. These over and over and over. Teams do it all the time. They make, and it's some of it's laziness and some of it's smart. But they are able to do things because their superstars are so damn good that they feel like that just is covered and we don't have to worry about it. And they so don't the back those, They don't the back Col- those like things up. Like the Colts
0: up. went what one in fifteen as soon as Peyton
1: Manning got hurt. Yeah. And he like came it's, back it's, and immediately they were they were right. And back you know what's like like, uh, like we we're seeing in the finals right now. Steph Curry is the system and the Warriors do differently than anybody else. But Steph Curry is the system and he is able to create space for everybody because he is the system. But then what happens when he sits for a few minutes, it's dead. The whole thing dies and it has, you know, what's funny, even with Clay and, and Kevin Durant without Steph, the whole thing dies because he is the system. And I think it is a smart approach to try to say, okay, like, Let's have the system help LeBron and not say, well, because we have LeBron, we don't really need to make the game easier for him in these other ways. He needs to make the game easier for everybody else. He is going to make the game easier for everybody else because he's fucking LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. Right? But what yeah. about making it a little easier for him? Yeah. And, and again, you said like... Which with, becomes with Giannis, all more
0: important with, with his age too. Like Right. And with Giannis really in the playoffs...
1: Now. Once, once the playoffs get going, allowing your best players to be your best players and making the game easier for them is so important, right? You see what happens when, when Middleton was not there. Right? You, you're a huge Drew Holiday fan. I am too. But he's not that helpful offensively. He's fine. But without Giannis, they had nothing because Middleton was hurting for other reasons. It matters so much because of the load that these dudes have to carry. These apex predator wings that have to do everything defensively and initiate all the offense—they just run out of gas. Jimmy Butler, like they just run out of gas. So making the game easier for LeBron, and I think you made a really good point, and you and I agree on this. It's why I was not against the Schroeder was why I was against the Schreuder deal. It's why I was against the Russ deal. Making the game easier for them while not taking away what they do best. I think is is very important. And it's not easy to do making the game easier for LeBron while also letting LeBron be LeBron and have the ball the whole time. I think is vastly important, and I'm excited to see if he can do it. But I think it's really important.
0: A big part of whether or not he's going to be able to do it is LeBron buying into said system. Like, it, I I I always kind of I won't say go I won't go so so far as to say that I roll my eyes, but like it always makes me pause. When we talk about like you know the Lakers making life easier for LeBron or 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 Team X doing X Y or Z for, for LeBron, um, and and some of it coming back to system, LeBron runs the the LeBron offense. You know that he is he is the sun as all of the other planets kind of uh, slot in around him and in orbit around him while he has the ball. Um, the thing is though, as LeBron gets a little older and and as you're trying to preserve LeBron so that when he goes to like flip the switch and go into game six or you know finals LeBron or playoffs LeBron, he has something there. I think it's on the system to to try to help LeBron until LeBron is able to do for you what the system is trying to do for LeBron and 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 yet it's going to require, and this has been kind of the central issue i think with with Schreuder and with Russ is like yeah it, it's it's cool to think about in the offseason um it's cool to think about as you're getting ready in, into the preseason but as soon as the games start getting played and as soon as as soon as the ball is out there and it's a high pressure kind of situation lebron is still going to you know go back to the things that have made him successful over the course of his career he's going to trust himself more than everybody else, than, than anybody else, he could possibly have on the court with him with the ball. As, so as he should, as he should. Yeah, I'm not saying he shouldn't, but I'm saying that like if if this system is going to make, and this is why I'm I'm more in favor of a systemic approach to this than in, than I would be for a personnel approach to this, because LeBron might trust the system. I don't think he'll ever trust an individual player. Uh, to do the things that the Lakers or any team would be hoping for that player to do for LeBron. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious. I'm really interested to see what this looks like. It also, however, demands different personnel than the Lakers have had, especially last season. Um, we'll talk a, more a little bit about that in a, in a second. I see people waiting in line uh, to, to come on stage. I promise I'm going to bring you guys up. But before we do, I do want to ask you, Aaron, about the Phil Handy aspect of all of this, um, from what I heard in the last couple weeks or so, uh, was that he was not at all happy that the Lakers uh, didn't really interview, didn't really consider him for the head coaching gig. Um, that and 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 I the, the the Brooklyn stuff coming out right after uh, this kind of as as things were kind of wrapping up here with the Lakers head coaching search. The, the timing of that and the rumors about Brooklyn were not, I don't think, a coincidence. And, and I, there were was, was some kind of stretches there where I, it was really in doubt from where I'm standing that they would be able to retain him. So it, it, But a couple of things that have come to light lately that um, seem to have really helped, that Darvin Ham and Handy, um, having as close a friendship as they have, really helped here. Um apparently there there was some talk of of some additional responsibility for Phil Handy so that he, when the time comes and he might be considered for a head coaching gig, um, he might have more to be able to say um, in those interviews that he was responsible for. Um, so that that certainly helped. Uh, but but like, how how like was there ever, a time where you weren't sure the Lakers were going to be able to bring back handy in the way that it seemed like based on the people that I was talking to?
1: Yes. (laughs) Like simple answer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I, uh, I talked to Phil right after Frank was like before the process really started, but after Frank had been let go before mm-hmm. the all of it, and and he very much he very much wanted uh, the job.
0: He gave and, an interview to uh, I think it was Christian Winfield also to say that he wanted to be a head coach in this league. Like yeah. the, the the timing of
1: that wasn't again wasn't coincidence. And I think that I don't want to speak for him, but I think Phil has felt or feels like he has. Impacted the game and done what he can do as an assistant, and very much one. And and by the way, I don't. I'm not suggesting he's wrong. Um, you no, know, he has been a part. No, of I would the, go so far as to say he's right.
0: Yeah, I mean he's, he's the best he is,
1: player development guy in the league.